When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. I'm so happy you're here. I'm Sandy Scarlatta. I was born in Virginia Beach and raised in the Baltimore, Annapolis area, and had very humble and tragic beginnings. And as a result, my life was a hot mess. Thankfully, 33 years ago, I got my act together, and since that time, I have dedicated my life to serving others and raising awareness that no matter what you've been through, you can choose happiness and live the life of your dreams. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging. And my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a choice, and the choice is yours. Today's episode is amazing, and I am so grateful for you. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to leave a review and follow me on social media at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. Enjoy the show. Demetria Gonzalez. I'm just like starstruck seeing you again. We met in DC. I saw you on stage and I'm even getting choked up now just because your story is the most powerful story I have ever heard. And before we hit record, I was like, I'm just going to let you share your story because you are just such a rock star that, um, ah, and it's such a privilege to have you here today. So Tell everybody your story because it's really incredible. Yeah, yeah, no. So first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me here to be able to share the message. A lot of what I wanted to do as being on stage is get a chance to connect with people off stage. The stage is beautiful, but it's the work that's done off stage. It's these conversations where we have a safe space to really dive deep into what it is that my story is about and how I believe that my life has changed so I can inspire and change others. These are the spaces that you created, right? So I just want to say thank you for being able to say, create a safe space for me to be able to tell my story. So my name is Shemitri Gonzalez. I like to say that I'm a small town country girl who had a really big dream. So as a young girl, I grew up, um, I was, grew up, I was born with crack in my system. So 
I felt like the fact that I'm even here is a miracle. So a lot of back sure. in the 80s and <laughs> 90s, it was the crack epidemic. And so a lot of kids had been born with crack. Most of them didn't make it. A lot of them were premature. But for myself, I just so happened to be strong enough to pull through. So from then on out, it my both of my parents were both addicted to drugs. So we kind of went back and forth um, just I'd stay here, I'd stay there, I got adopted, then I went to foster care. And finally at the age of 15, I was like, I'm done with this. So I emancipated myself from the state of Texas. And I was like, look, I already have complications, but I get two checks, give me my money. I will get a job, I will go to school, I will report back to you and I will be an adult. And the judge was like, okay, we'll let you go. Like we see you. So I always had this fight in me. So this went well for about, maybe a couple months. And I was working at Sonic Drive-In, which was right across the street from a place called Louisville High School. So one day these two girls pulled up in a car and they were like, you know, how much money do you make? I was like, I make a hundred dollars a day. I'm grown. Like I do, I live my best life. And they were, I like to say there's predator and then there's prey. And a predator always knows what prey to look for. So mm -hmm. while I'm thinking that I have these friends and I have these amazing women that want to look that like took an interest in me and want to be a part of my life. And they lured me in by saying, look, you're young, you're pretty. That ain't enough money. You're like you can't even survive with that. Like if you want to make some real money, come with us and we'll show you the way. I'm like, took a little while. So they kept coming back. They kept coming back. Every time they came back, they were in a different car. They had money, they would tip me well, they were really nice to me. So eventually I'm starting to like, look at them like older sister figures. I had a volleyball game. I even invited them to my game. They came and it was like a lot of attention around them because they, you could tell they kind of look, you know, like strippers. But to me, I didn't really judge them like that because they were just really nice to me. So yeah. after that game, I just remember them. I was like, look, I'm so tired of like working every day. I'm a student athlete, but I can't really take care of myself like that on the money that I make, plus be in school. Like my whole thing was I want to go to school and I want to go to college and play a sport one day because I'd already been, I was always a really good student athlete. So the girls were like, look, come with us. We'll show you what to do and we'll make a way. So I went with them and I met this man named Snake. I didn't know what snake was or what he did or who he was i just knew that he was like this father figure to the girls so he was gonna be like a father figure to me so snake kind of was like look you're young so we'll just have you waitress so i'm like okay cool i'll waitress how much money a day he was like well the only thing is you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to worry about car house you don't have to worry about nothing all you have to worry about is just getting money and we work together as a team. So when you make money, I get the money, but I take care of y'all. I'm like, done deal. Like that makes no sense to me. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. So long story short, this went on for about a year. And as time continued to go on, he was like, well, look, you're a little older now. So now we're going to be doing something different. And I was like, okay, cool. So he was like, now, instead of just waitressing, we're going to have you dance. I'm like, well, I'm not old enough to like do that. Like, I don't really want to dance. He was like, well, look, you know, with the family, everybody got to pull their part and you're not making enough money. Psychological again, I'm looking to this man as a father figure. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm not doing what I, I'm not making you happy. I'm not pulling my weight. So I started yeah. dancing. Still didn't get any money. Still was just kind of being taken care of. 
So about a couple months later, he's like, look, you making some money, but now we need to go to the big leagues. There's this thing called Molly and it really helps you to forget. So if you take it, now you can do the work and you don't have to remember it. I know you don't like people touching you and stuff like that. I'm like, makes sense. Oh my God. Well, I'll do that every night. So it started to affect me because when I would wake up, just didn't feel right. Didn't seem right. Like I kind of remembered it started off one way. And then like every night it was like, I was like, couldn't work out anymore. I was late for school. I started kind of failing out of classes. And so I'm like, okay, well, something's not right because my body is changing. Like I, it's different just as a woman, it was different. So I'm having to clean myself more and I'm just not feeling comfortable. So long story short, this goes on for a couple more months. Finally, I'm like, I can't do this in school. So I drop out of school, continue to do the work. Then I find out I'm pregnant. Mm. I know I'd never given anybody consent. I was not that, I was not like, I, one thing, be protected. Like, you know, you'd be smart about it. So I told him and he like, he beat me up. Like he was like, he punched me, he slapped me, he taped my mouth closed, he put me in the basement and he was like, you're stupid. So I was like, so I was like, I, I messed up. Like, how could I let this happen? You know, I should have been smarter than that. And this went on for a while. So I did keep the child. I had her, her name's Abriana. She's 13. She's such a beautiful little soul. Mm. After that, everything was different. So I had the baby and I was like, you know what? I can't do this and not have a plan. So I was like, let me just finish my last semester of school, but I need to do it undercover. So I told him I was going to work day and night shift. So in the daytime, I still went to school. And at night I was able to, you know, work and make enough money because I was like working back to back to back. And I, you know, I would say I'm going to take it, mm. but then I just was conscious of what was really going on. So, so you stopped taking the, the Molly. Yes. Yeah. And I started smart see, girl. I started to see what was really going on. Right. And there was three strikes and you're out. Right. So the first strike was the baby. I'm like, okay, I'm a baby. I'm by myself Two, one of my best friends, we call, we're going to call her Cinnabons for the name. Like that was what they called her. Everybody had a name. My name was addiction. Her name was Cinnabons. So I remember she took them. I didn't take them. So we went through the night and everybody was like sleep and stuff like that. So the guys left. My job was to like call and have the person come pick us up when everything was done. So I called and I'm like, hey, Cinnabons, wake up. And she wouldn't wake up. So I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, Cinnabons, I'm slapping her face and stuff. So finally she kind of like like started foaming like in her mouth. So I'm sorry, this is just like, mm. so oh I called him and I called, so we have something called house moms. They're like madams. They don't do any work. They watch us. They make sure we're in line. So I call her and I'm like, look, I don't know what's wrong with her, but I'm about to call the police. She was like, if you call the police, that's it for you. Like, don't you ever do that. Like we about to come take care of it. That was the last time I ever saw Cinnabons. I don't Did know she, what happened to her. You don't know what happened to her? I don't know what happened. But there was a pastor. I didn't know he was a pastor at the time, but he was one of my clients. He was undercover. Oh, that, wow. He had been building a case the whole time. I didn't know it. 
but he was just nice to me. He was like, I was the only one who had like a little, you know, I talk too much. I'm a speaker. So it's like, <laughs> if you get me talking, then he, you know, but he saw that in me. He saw something in me. I was the only one who was in school. I was the only one who had this drive, but I still was doing this work and I didn't, there's no way I was going to leave Snake. There was no, I had loyalty. And now I know it's called survivor's remorse. Mm. That's the terminology that my counselor uses. But basically we went through all of that and that was strike two because I started to see him different. Like nothing before that changed it. But when I asked about her, again, my mouth taped, put it down in the basement for three days, that's punishment, no food, you know, and that's kind of like, so I'm like, okay, I can't ask questions anymore. Like, I'm gonna let it go. But I told my pastor about it, who at the time yeah. I thought was my client. And that was enough to build the case. Because at mm. that point now, it's not just, we're trying to get these girls out of this that are doing it. Because he was trying to prevent me from getting a prostitution charge. I that see. The angle. So, which the sad part is, so basically... That was enough to build the case. So they they come in, they raid the house, they lock everything down, they get the women. This breaks my heart. Every single woman except me got a prostitution charge. Mm, yeah. So that's one angle to look at it. Number two, every last one of them, they shut the brothel, they shut the home down. They were misplaced. One of the girls committed suicide. Like when you take away all that somebody knows and the yeah. love of your life, it's psychological. It wasn't that we thought that we were doing something wrong. It thought that it was like we were a family. But right. those things that happened to me, so that was my strike three. I'm like, God, you helped me have a healthy baby. If I would have took what my friend took that night, I would have been dead too. Mm. And I, I mean, I I can only assume that. I've never found right. her. I've looked right. out and no, no, nobody had family. So there was no cousin or mom to reach out to. And that's part of the what they're looking for. Yes. Yes. And I have to share this because now people can be aware of what's in exactly. our backyard. It's not right. like taken. It's not like pimping walking down the street. These are multimillionaires that have nice houses, nice cars. They weren't black and they weren't Spanish. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. So when you think of it, you think that this wouldn't happen and right. in this community, but these are affluent men that are hockey players, basketball players, pastors, directors of organizations. And I'm gonna send you a article in case anybody wants to read up on this. They just brought this ring down in February of this year. And that's the one that you were in? This, it's, it's a, I mean- It's just a similar schools. one. It's the same area, it's the same people. I won't say it's the same person, but they just, it was a pastor, a youth, a hockey player, a director of a not-for-profit, a politician, and um, a director of a school that were all a part of this. And I have the article, so I'd love to send it to you. It was in Frisco, Texas, which is one of the most affluent wow. areas in Dallas, Colleyville, Louisville, all the area that I was in. They just so I. That's crazy. I want to make sure the audience understands what you're talking about. You yeah. were, in fact being sex trafficked, trafficked, because a lot yes. of times people think, because until I heard your story a couple of weeks ago, I had yeah. no idea this was going on because wow. I was always under the, and it's just lack of education. We need people like yeah. you talking to the young women and men. Yes. 
because they you think that it's you know being trafficked is being like <clears throat> excuse me being kidnapped and you yeah. never see them again and they're being sold off in other countries and this and that yeah there's so much trafficking going on right here in the united states yes. just like you said yes and it's so important that especially the young men and women get this because especially you know they, they have poor upbringing and they don't even have to be um emancipated like yourself or homeless they could just have a poor family life and they need something else yeah and i would say the three things that people look for they look for kids who feel abandonment they look at for kids who feel rejected and then they look for kids that have no family so right. those were the three criterias and i didn't know that at the time and then it's gradual. So it looks like it starts off one way and then they finally get you. They don't just say, do this. They work you into right. it and little by little by little, they make it happen. So again, I will link that information for you, that okay. article, because this is very big and it's just, it solidifies everything that I'm talking about because now they understand what this really is. And they just got, I mean, the whole thing from top to bottom, FBI did a full sting. They have wow. more technology now and to be able to uncover this so kudos to that fbi agency absolutely because this is time. and again i think a lot of people don't even realize that things like this are taking place right yes. in our backyards yes so like i like I always tell people so after that happened the pastor had me write my story to every HBCU in the country. HBCU stands for Historically Black University. And they, at the time, had a lot of funding for women like myself who had went through poverty and kind of had been, you know, in situations where they were um, oppressed and had not the typical background, but they had a will to want to win and they wanted to be educated. So for me, I just so happened to be a student athlete. So I got 28 scholarship offers oh my gosh. from all around the, all around the country. I chose to go to Southern university and I chose them because they gave me a apartment. They allowed me to red shirt. They gave me a full academic and educational scholarship. I'm sorry, athletic scholarship. And I was able to go to college. I was able to graduate in six years. I stayed there. I was funded the whole time. Um, I did not share my story with anybody. I just told them that my name, that I was Shemitria and that I, you know, had, I was adopted, but I had overcome many things because at that time I did not equate my story to being trafficked. I didn't equate right. it even being pimped. I just equated it to domestic violence. So okay. I finished college, started working as a community organizer and if people don't know, Barack Obama's first job was a community organizer. That's somebody who does work that deals with politicians and deals with advocacy. I worked with the Louisiana Foundation Against Sexual Assault. I had worked with the New Orleans Family Justice Center, which is a center for women who have been domestically abused. And then I worked for the Justice and Accountability Center. And these are all not-for-profits. I was a servant leader. I was changing my life. Like I was so happy. I had my daughter. That time I had gotten a boyfriend and, you know, I had a son and my life blew up when I was 27 years old and I had done so much work that this group wanted me to come and do a story, a lot, do my memoir. They wanted to do my life story and they wanted to do it in the form of a play. So while we're there, 
we're about to do the play. We're trying to get everything figured out and worked out. And I have a group, it's called Packerson's Hedge Fund, billionaire hedge fund. They're there, they're listening to my story. I have a therapist there. I have the organization who's gonna do the play. And I tell my story, like what I just told you. The play was about domestic violence. When I finished telling my story, everyone was in tears. And the woman who was writing the play, literally she ripped up her idea of what she was gonna write. And she like grabbed my hands and she was like, did you ever get any money for what you did? I said, no, ma'am. I was like, but I was lucky because he let me go and he could have, and she just burst out crying. She was like, have you ever heard of the term trafficking? I was like, no, like take him. She was like, yeah, like take him. Yeah. I said, no, I wasn't kidnapped. Like they just, you know, kind of tricked my mind. Right. She was like, did you, when, were you locked up? I was like, yeah, he, you know, everybody was locked in at night for safety. She like everything she was saying, I was justifying. Right. And finally she says, Shimitria, you were trafficked. He used your body to make profit and that is not okay. Right. And you are not lucky that he let you go. Right. You are blessed that yeah. they broke, that they brought down that ring. That's right. She was like, I just, I know this is hard for you to hear, but your story is so powerful. I cannot represent it and not tell the truth. And I was just like, for the first time, I had to come to copes with the fact that it was not okay what happened to me. And she said, don't be afraid of the monster in your story anymore. Yeah. And I realized that I had monsters in my story and I was trying to protect them. And so this day, that day, it changed everything because I went home and I bawled. I had, I had written a, I had written a book called Reflection I See. I thought I was completely healed. I went to college. I did everything. Like I thought that was behind me. And I thought it was just that I was beat on and sexually assaulted to have my child, you know, and that was not it. So at the end of the day, that changed everything. So I went from being someone who was advocating for others and I went on a journey to heal myself. And oh. that's where everything started. So I started up this company called Unleashed to Speak because I felt like women like myself had a voice and that if they didn't know how to properly use their voice, their pain would be turned into profit. And I started going to every fundraiser I could and fundraising for women who have been trafficked. And I started working with different organizations and I started to actually tell my truth and not be afraid if he was gonna feel some way about it and, and, and actually shedding light on what this work was. And I started doing teen sex in the law to help women safe dates and healthy relationships, to help young girls at schools to understand what a safe date and healthy relationship is so they wouldn't have to what I went through. And so that's what got me to the point to where I went to this thing. I started speaking and speaking and speaking. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to be a speaker. So I started doing all these conferences and workshops and training. And that's what got me to this organization called 10X Stages. And they had this thing called the Great American Speak Off. And it's like for anyone that wants to know, it's it's basically the American Idol of, or the So You Think You Can Dance, but for speakers. 
And so I'm like, no one's going to care about my story. And I just so happened out of 30,000 people to be the only woman to make it to speak at Growth Con. And I told my story in front of wow. all of <laughs> and wow. all the state gurus and people. And um, it's um, I, I don't know exactly what network it's going to be on yet. And I do have an NDA, so I can't say too much. But yeah. let's just say that the story that I was not aware of, that I didn't even know was my true story um, and what it really represented is basically what I'm using as a speaker in order to change the world. Because changing the world means that you change people's perceptions on truth. Yes. And you can only do that through telling your story. That's right. And so that's where I met Sophia Willits, who was a very big mentor to me and amazing. Are we speaker. ready to bring her in? Yes, we can bring I her love this. in. This, I love having <laughs> first on my podcast. All right. We are going to bring in Sophia Willits. And so tell us a little bit about Sophia. Yes. So Sophia Willits is my mentor. She is my sister. She is like a best friend to me. We met at the Great American Speak Off and she actually had a foundation called Home for Grace. And that is a not-for-profit where women, she had bought a home for women who had been trafficked. And she was looking to come there because she was a huge real estate broker. So she was looking to come there and basically just start her pitch on how she can basically get her message out to the world that she had you know, made millions in real estate, but it was so much more than that. Hey, Sophia. Hi, Hi Sophia. So underdressed for this beautiful event, but I'm so oh, glad to be here. You look amazing so, and nice to meet you, Sophia. <laughs> so, nice Sophia. to meet you, Sandy. Thank you for having me. Of course. I was just saying, this is a first. I, I, I love this. I love spontaneity and... Uh, <laughs> Yes, having, so having an extra guest to come in. Look at you looking all fly. I love Thank it. You, friend. Oh, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> I know, inside and out. And that's hard to find nowadays. Yes, yes. for sure. So basically, what I was, uh, the point I was at, Sophia was telling her that I had lived a life of advocacy work I had found out what had happened to me I had you know been saved from being trafficked and I was ready to share my story with the world and you were this big broker who had made so I was telling them that you were a broker and you had come to the great American speak off to be able to share your story and to really empower women to be financially free and I had been in advocacy work all my life and I was a new real estate agent and I was basically going there to try to tell my story to help women to be empowered, you know, that had been trafficked and to really, you know, break through and kind of like still just crafting my own story of being empowered to say that. I didn't know too much about, you know, financial freedom. I didn't know too much about real estate. And then you, on the other hand, who had this beautiful story of why you wanted to help women in your own life, you had went through some things. I'll let you share that if you want, um, statistic wise, um, while your heart had went out for women that had been trafficked and you had just bought a home for them. So me and you, I spoke, she spoke, and we were like, oh, we have the same mission. That's amazing. So literally. Yeah, it was, it was, it was such a beautiful um, moment. And we're both vulnerable to be able to like go out there and put ourselves out there, which is not easy to do, especially in front of thousands of people. And for me, I had went through a, a big transformation. Um, I've been very successful in sales for many years, but not necessarily in relationships. And so um, had a very hard upbringing, a lot of abuse. And then you get into from an, 
abusive relationship with your father to a violent one with men. And so you mm. don't know how to break out of that cycle. So um, I have a great relationship with my dad now, but it took me years to get there. But I would show up my relationships very masculine, very dominating, and doesn't work in marriages. I've had a past failed marriage with two kids. Um, but the financial freedom part, I was able to get out of an abusive relationship because I was able to be financially independent. So, you know, it's exciting to be a woman and not be dependent on a man, yes. but not say that I don't need one. Right. Because we all need to be with someone that builds us up and wants us to be the best version of ourselves and a team. For me, it was hard to break out of that cycle. I just continued those same patterns in my new marriage. And it took me going to a Tony Robbins program mm -hmm. and it cost me about a hundred thousand dollars to go to this mentorship program for one year. And it was the best investment. I found my purpose. I learned how to show up in a relationship. I learned how to become the best version of myself. And that really inspired me to create the home for grace for survivors of trafficking. Um, you know, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing is since COVID it's gone up about 153%. The average really? age in our state is 13 years old. The national average is 17. Mm -hmm. Um, me and Symmetria, she has a 13 year old. I have almost a 13 year old or is she's going to be 14 soon, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're in the same boat. I have a 10 year old son. Um, you know, I think by the age of 12, they've all been exposed to pornography at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and that's, you know, on social media, that's how they're targeted. It starts there and it really hit hit home for me, you know, cause like it affects everyone it affects every marriage, every relationship, every family and child with like a click of a button and you can see some pretty nasty stuff or you can get anything in an instant. And I'm like, man, what if we created like an awareness called, you know, let's, let's start at home, like home for grace. Like let's raise our standards at home by not opening up pornography you know, telling your children how to not be predatorized or how to do safe dating, having a higher standard at home, because it starts there. Once we can start there, then I think we can have more of an impact on home because every day people are just looking for love and maybe they don't haven't had the right upbringing or the right background, but this is, you know, these are from my past 40 years of life. I've learned how to navigate through some really bad relationships, how to get on unhealthy ones, how not to be unhealthy in a relationship like myself showing up personally. Um, so I've just learned a lot over the years and now I'm just um, attracting that light. And I think that's why me and Sermatria really connected very well because we wanted to be that light for the world for these really dark places that are out there right now. And it's going mm. on everywhere and it's just continuing to get worse, but if we can make a difference just starting at home and then mm -hmm. providing homes and resources for survivors of trafficking and then being able to get apartments where they can actually transition out of our program. So our goal is to have a 12-week a program and then have a then what, which is an apartment because a lot of these programs will last like I think a month or two 
Yeah. They're right back on the street. Like, how are they going to be able to support themselves? Right. And that's part of the, that's part of the problem with our, (laughs) with rehabilitating people, whether it's, they come from the prison system, homelessness, it's like they need those skills and the skill set in order to continue. Right. Yeah. And to help deal with the issues that got them there in the first place. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like Symmetria has an incredible coaching program Mm -hmm. unleashed to speak. And she's, um, you know, getting people together to do a retreat healing. I mean, she's really working on the back end. I'm working on, um, you know, I'm, I do commercial real estate. So the apartments is where I'm very gifted at. And I've done about a thousand different transactions and I've done about 16 different buildings myself personally. Wow. But right now I'm becoming a government contractor. So I'm going to be able to pick up properties from the state and be able to give these women a more of a permanent type oh. of situation to get homes. And um Sumitra is working on the healing part. I'm working on the mentorship um, mentorship part um, <laughs> for people that want to get into real estate like Sumitria as our first sponsored guest and um you know she's learning the commercial real estate game to really become financially independent how to sell apartments how to buy apartments how to invest in them and you know create another way of legacy and an empire for herself and her family oh. i think that's so the part that i was at that actually loops in really good because i had just got to the point of this is where everything shifted for me so sophia actually after that event sophia brought me out she did, a, I, like when I saw her there, I was like, look, you have a very good presence. You know, you have so much class. I feel like, you know, men still kind of come at me with that low vibration and make me feel like a piece of meat almost. And she was like, look, don't worry. I got you. She brought me out. <clears throat> we did some business etiquette coaching. Um, she got me a full wardrobe. Um, she helped me. She took me to the apartments. I mean, hands on approach. And I, I had to bring her on here because a lot of times there's a strong man behind somebody, but I have a strong woman behind me and I have strong women behind me. And it's only right that we show that and we show up because yeah, we need a man as far as that family dynamic and that love goes. But when you really want to persevere and you want to push through and you don't have one, you better believe there's some strong women that'll step up and that'll be there for you. And everything that she wanted to do, rather it was teaching financial literacy to me, business etiquette, whether it was bringing me to her family and her home and giving me a, a, a safe space to just be a woman and to just, you know, giving me a sister, showing love. <clears throat> it really is a full around, like it's not halfway in all the way, like one in, one out. It was all in. And we oh worked, worked and we're working right now. I'm working on the retreat. She's working on, she already bought the house. So we're getting, we're working on getting the house, getting the women women actually to the house and then we have a program for them and then she's working on the back end to get the apartments so when they finish the program they can go into the apartments oh. and then she's teaching me multifamily real estate so now we're working on getting me a deal and it's just this wraparound beautiful co-partnership and co-creation of something that is bigger than us and it just takes one and that's oh. my message to people today Remember, I think at that event at Her Story Summit Circle, one of the ladies actually said it just takes one good friend because she didn't have any friends. And I think for Sophia, she had some women friends in her life, but they weren't aligned with her vision and her mission. And for myself- Yeah, they they, um, unfortunately stood me up on my birthday, my grand launch of 
my my sponsorship program and I was just like, you know, I'm so proud, but you know, what what I didn't expect was I initially was like, hey, you'll be the face for Home for Grace. You're beautiful. I love your story. We did some videos. We got over a makeover, got her some new clothes and stuff. And then we just became, I don't know how to describe this, like family, like over just a period of time. And then I was like, man, this girl's a BA because she, oh, yeah. <laughs> she I'm like, okay, so. I'm not necessarily, I haven't had it. I don't have a college degree, but I know how to make money, yeah. but she has like, she's pretty much done with her MBA and she's yeah. ran foundation. So she was my missing component of putting all our structure together. I just had a really big dream and I invested a quarter million dollars into my uh, foundation. I'm like, how do I make this work now? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to these events, but I didn't have that you know, my missing half and you need partners and teammates to get yes. there faster in life. And I feel like she's more than a teammate. She's my family and we're going to help thousands and thousands of women. My yeah. goal is to at least get a million units. I know it yeah. sounds like a really big goal. It's okay. You've got to have those big goals, Sophia. Yeah. When we did yeah. um, our courses in Oakland, yeah. Sumitra stayed out for an extra day because she was a speaker. Um, I think it was uh, fear into faith. It was, it was my fear first sermon. Yeah. It was our first sermon. So she stayed, <clears throat> I went home, but that night, you know, God was definitely with her in that moment because she met the mayor of Oakland. They have yeah. 5,000 units abandoned. Yes. And they can't get investors to buy them because there's so many rules in California. You know, there's yeah. so many regulations. And then when you buy a property, you have to pay three point one third of the sales price in tax so basically yep. eliminates your cash flow when you're going to invest into a property in california plus you have rent restrictions an investor yep. pretty much can't rebuild but oakland has such a high homeless program but you know Sumitra was just putting out her light that night and they noticed her they invited her to sit yeah once we get a program <laughs> in place you know, we could get those 5,000 units and maybe yeah. the state will give them to us because I'll be a government contractor at that point. And why wouldn't they? Right. Yeah. And I think the beauty part of that is sometimes when you show up, like your gift will always make room for you. I had like, literally I had went to Sophia and them had took me to the restaurant the night before. So that's another thing. Your level of excellence is only as good as your level of exposure. So I was exposed. That's right really nice restaurant, you know, normally I'll just be like, let me get some Uber Eats, but something was like, just go back there, you know, go by yourself, go treat yourself. Like you've worked so hard, go get you something to eat. I'm sitting there and this person comes up to me and they're like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm nice and friendly. I'm like, Oh, I'm doing good. We start to talking and they're like, wait, I think you need to meet somebody. So I go over there the whole time. I didn't even know, she, I didn't even know there was a mayor. So I'm sitting there talking. We got all these people, this band, they had just performed performed for uh, the mayor, this band had performed. So they were there and the band was talking and, and like chit-chatting and stuff. Then we start talking about my mission and we start, I start telling them about Sophia and what I'm doing with growth con and all this stuff. And they're like, I don't even think y'all, you know who you're talking to. They started talking numbers and, and, and units. They're like, look, we need to get these units sold nobody wants to buy them so the next day I call Sophia I'm like you would never believe who I met <laughs> so it's just a part of just show up if there's anything I could say in my life as I you know we wrap this up because I know we have to you know be cautious of time but in my life everything that I have done 
has been because I showed up in the room and I didn't yeah. show up like somebody else. I didn't show up saying I'm a multimillionaire and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I showed up saying, hey, I don't have that much, but I have more than enough and I'm grateful for what I do have. And this is my dream. And everybody who's supposed to be there to support that, everybody who's supposed to be there, all of my friends, everyone who's in my life right now, it came through manifesting my dreams by just speaking it. I just told the truth. I yeah. was not afraid anymore. I'm not, I don't care about what people think about me. They can judge me. That's they can right. say, oh, she doesn't matter. She. <laughs> None of that matters because there are women. But don't forget your vision board. Your vision board. I know. I literally have my vision board right here. Look, since I have this little cool thing. Oh, oh I love blurry, it. It's blurry, babe. It, yeah, it's a little blurry, but that's okay. <laughs> it's blurry, but that's where it's at. <laughs> I love it. Both of you ladies, what you are doing just gave me chills. And it took everything that I had not to start bawling my eyes out because it's just like amazing. Thank this you. This is just, it's just unbelievable what you two are creating. And I'm so grateful to be able to share it with my audience. And, um, Sorry about the cat. Oh, the cat, the cat is showing up because the cat knows that we're talking about some really amazing things and it wants to be a part of it. She used to nurse, she, like you would nurse my baby and she would lay next to me and then she would go like this with the baby. Oh, yeah. My baby's two and a half now, but she's still very Aww. attached. So, so embarrassing. I will make sure that your, um, well, actually, where can they find out more about Homes for Grace or Homes, yes. homes for Grace? Yeah. <laughs> so we have homeforgrace.org. That okay. is H-O-M-E-F-O-R-G-R-A-C-E.org. And um, that is, they can go there. They can find out all of our information. We actually have an event where we're doing a fundraiser. Um, me, Sophia has this new amazing program called learningapartments.com. She's at like the program that she's teaching me to empower other women financially to be able to be able to get past the rat race and really, I mean, she gets three to 500% returns. Like my mindset is, isn't even thinking little anymore. Like I'm thinking big because there's, there's, there's big things out there. So we're actually launching that um, on April 13th. And so we're going to be giving all of those proceeds to Home for Grace. So that can be found wow. at Learn. .com. There are also what is that website again? Learningapartments.com. Okay. That's, the, that's where they can find out more about the program, but it'll also be on homeforgrace.org. And then for myself, I have shemetriagonzalez.com. Everything's okay. going to be to that as well. So I'm me and Sophia partner in almost everything that we do, literally everything. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's um, shemetriagonzalez.com. So it's just my awesome. first name, my last name, and then .com. And then again, we are doing Grace Ministries. That's going to be on YouTube. Like it is so many things that we have going on with all of it with the same intention. And I feel like That's when you great. have the right intention, you don't have to worry about attention. Yeah. It's no. Yeah. So Not at we, all. Well, I, yeah, I, we, I we are so excited and grateful <clears throat> to be here with you. And um, I don't, I don't know how, like I, I got to be on your, um, I'm, I mean, obviously Symmetria, but like just you choosing her, just like, I, I choose her too. Like, I just, you know, want to bring so much love and, um, you know, cause she deserves it. Yes. And I want people to love her the way I do. So, <laughs> well, I tell you, she's one of the most amazing women I have ever met. And I am yeah. going to be here in the sidelines, watching you and cheering you on and, Yay. 
I will be here to support you in any way that I can. And both of you ladies, thank you so much. I will make sure all of this is in the show notes so that people can find you and support you as well. And just thank you for what thank you're doing. You. Yeah, it's really thank you. incredible. Really incredible. We need to step up and might as well be us. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you listeners for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Have a good one. I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.